Thank you so much. It's a real pleasure to be part of this group and the discussion. I am Alice Eckstein, Program Manager for Modern Slavery Programs at United Nations University Center for Policy Research. I want to say a bit about gaps in data and translation of research to anti-slavery policy and effective actions. As project manager for Delta 8.7, I work on policy-oriented research for the UN community, both multilateral actors and member states. Delta 8.7 is funded through the Home Office's Modern Slavery Innovation Fund, so our focus is very much on forming innovative research collaboration among stakeholders seeking to achieve Target 8.7 of the Sustainable Development Goals. I imagine pretty much everyone here is familiar with that target, but this is the one that requires states to take immediate and effective measures to eradicate forced labor, end modern slavery and human trafficking, and secure the prohibition and elimination of the worst forms of child labor, including recruitment and use of child soldiers, and by 2025, end child labor in all its forms. That's quite ambitious. So what are these effective measures states must take? There seems to be lots of consensus around what works, and yet those in the position to do so are not taking these measures. Where's the gap? How do we translate research and data about what works into effective policymaking? With this question in mind, we developed the Delta 8.7 policy guides. A year ago, we convened 82 global experts into working groups to examine evidence on what works. Over nine months of collective discussion and drafting, these experts produced three policy guides distilling current research into hypotheses assessed for validity and supported by implementation notes. These guides assessed three broad domain areas. They were crisis, which included conflict, humanitarian and crisis response, and migration. Justice, and that included criminal and civil justice, survivor engagement and support in justice settings, and the role of healthcare in the same. And markets, that included economic, trade, and financial policy, supply chains, and development policy. For that guide, 84 research inputs were reviewed and grouped into 10 hypotheses on effective actions. While I won't list all 10, some broad conclusions from them do apply to today's discussion. The first was that collaboration alone is not sufficient. Regulation and enforcement is needed and regulating disclosure is not enough. Disclosures must be accompanied by meaningful actions. And most notable for today's discussion, there were gaps identified between experience and emergent research. In other words, the working group found that their experience in the private sector was not reflected in peer-reviewed academically credible research to the extent that, say, members of the justice working group might have found. That group reviewed 194 research inputs to result in 36 hypotheses. So compared to the justice domain, markets-related regulations are more recent and less data has emerged on impact. But why is this? Why is there so much less data in this area? You could say it's a nascent field, sure. We're only at the 10th anniversary of the UN guiding principles on business and human rights. 
But also, there's high risk and little reward in transparency on ESG measures and their efficacy from the perspective of those who gather this data. And here I'm going to borrow shamelessly from an article written for the Delta 8.7 Forum by Eleanor Harry and Matthew Friedman, two expert working group members. They note a data problem, and that's a problem not with the availability of data, but instead the accessibility of this data. We know there's plenty of data being collected in large company audits, but the third-party auditors who are commissioned to conduct these assessments share that data, naturally enough, with the client funding their audit. Thus, there is a vast repository of data that exists, but it's rarely made available to the research community or to the public sector. The exception might be if risks emerge or to meet compliance demands. So the real data problem is one of access. And as Eleanor Harry and Matthew Friedman describe, this problem of access deceptively appears as a gap within the existing data. Public sector actors and researchers have to try to fill in the gaps of the data using various methodologies with varying success. And this means that the challenge is, really, how do we reward and prioritize data sharing? How do we create an environment that encourages experimentation and the sharing of results, even if those results are not flattering? The challenge is not just for large companies and regulators, but for all of us. And we can't afford to not take this step. The COVID-19 pandemic has made us all well aware of the fragilities in human rights, economic, and social progress. So this is a real opportunity to build back better in an authentic and transparent way. There are so many people here today who are leading efforts to do exactly this. And I look forward to hearing your insights on the opportunities presented by new data. Thank you.